What's up? What's up, Raja? What's up, Mom? How you doing today? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. Just looking at the lake. What you been up to? Nothing much. Trying to just hang in there. Stay cool and collect it. That's true. It has been a hot summer. And some hot news. It's episode 27. Boot y'all. We want to thank Diane again for joining us on the last episode for the Shades of Business. Um, it was great talking to you, girl, about what it's like being a black professional in this day and age. Yes, it was. She was quite point and right to the point. Thanks, girl. I'll see you again later. Good luck with everything. Time for some more show. I'm Roger the daughter. I'm Angela the mom. And this is Talking Brown Sugar. Can we talk for a minute? Cause you wanna know what's up. Can we talk? Talking Brown Sugar. Cause you wanna know what's up. We're now in the sugar bowl where we have some random thoughts. What's on your mind today, Mom? You know, talking to friends, you be listening to everybody complaining about their knees. I be like, shoot, y'all about to make my knees hurt too. Sometimes I feel like I might need some new knees, honey. You can go to Amazon and search everything on Amazon. See if we got some new knees. Yeah, that's funny. We might have to check that mess out, though. Put it in the search bar. Hey, Siri. Search Amazon for new knees or bionic knees. That would be crazy. I'm sorry. This time, we are completely out. <laughs> the next evolution. What else you got for him? You know... As you going through your own day, feeling blue or feeling happy, spread some of that brightness. Bright up somebody else's day. Send somebody a good text. Send them a sunshine note. I know it might sound corny, but sometimes we just got to figure out a way to pick ourselves up. You know what? Sometimes you have to write yourself a note and hide it somewhere. So when you open up your cabinet or in your car, your pocketbook, say, I love you. I love this person I'm looking at. I love how I feel. Yeah, um, just the only random thought I have, um, I've had a total of three LaCroix now, um, at my place of work, and what, all the memes and things you see about what it tastes like is true. On the can, it does say essence of flavor, and it does feel like, or taste like, the fruit whispered into the can, and boom. Essence of lemon, strawberry, grapefruit, whatever. But it's not about the flavor. I figured it out. It's just right, uh, drinking alcohol. You don't drink alcohol for the taste. You drink alcohol for the experience. So for LaCroix, sometimes you just need a little fizz, a little bubble. And I figured out that's what it is I need sometimes. Sometimes in the morning. Not that I was ever a soda drinker in the morning. But that bubble will wake you up. Like, especially you can't have caffeine or too much caffeine or coffee all the time. Get your little quick. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't drink it for the flavor. Drink it for the bubble. Do it for the fizz.
Sugar Cues, a.k.a. the news, where we put a little sugar in your cup. Three old Miss students posed with guns in front of Emmett Till's memorial. DOJ may investigate. The historical sign marking with Emmett Till's body was found in the Tallahatchie River in 1955 has been riddled with bullets. Three University of Mississippi students have been suspended from their fraternity house and face possible investigations by the Department of Justice. After posing with guns in front of the bullet-riddled sign honoring the slain civil rights icon Emmett Till. One of the students posed a photo to his private Instagram account. In March, showing the trio in front of the roadside plaque commemorating the site where Till's body was recovered from the Tallahatchie River. The 14-year-old black youth was tortured, murdered in August 1955. An all-white, all-male jury acquitted two white men accused of the slam. The photo, which was obtained by the Mississippi Center in Investigating Reporting, ProPolifica, shows of Ole Miss students named Ben Lacar holding a shotgun while standing in front of the bullet poke sign. His Kappa Alpha fraternity brother, John Lowe, squats below the sign. A third fraternity member stands at the other side with the AR-15 semi-automatic rifle. And they also mentioned another fourth student who ever took the picture. It is not clear whether the fraternity student shot the sign or simply posing before it. The sign is part of the memorial effort by Mississippi Civil Rights Group and has been repeatedly vandalized, mostly recently in August. Till's death helped propel the modern civil rights movement of America. Don't y'all forget that. And come conclusion, they also talked about um, how the Cafe Applesai Black um, fraternity is not in this, so don't y'all get confused, okay? Kappa Alpha suspends the trio on Wednesday after the news organization provided a copy of the photo to the fraternity officials at the Ole Miss. The fraternity, which on its website honors civil rights, <laughs> I mean, excuse me, Confederate General Robert E. Lee as the spiritual founder has a history of racial controversy, including an incident in which students wore blackface at the Kappa Alpha-sponsored Halloween party at the University of Virginia in 2002. The photo is inappropriate and sensitive, unacceptable. It does not represent our chapter. Taylor Anderson, president of the Ole Miss Kappa Alpha Order, Hear that? Wrote in an email. We have and will continue to be in communications with our national organization and university. And, you know, the families, you know, of the Till family is still fighting for justice for so many different reasons to make sure things are in order. This is not the first time Ole Miss fraternity students have been caught up in an incident involving an icon from the civil rights movement. In 2014, three students from the Sigma Phi Epsilon Fraternity House placed a noose around the neck of a statue on campus of James Meredith, 
the first known black student to attend Ole Miss. They are played this. They also placed a Georgia flag of the past that contains the Confederate battle hymn. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just so much attacking. You know, and this article was produced in a partnership with the Mississippi Center for Investigating Reporting for a member of ProPolitica Local Reporting Network. So how I feel about it, I think we just have to stay focused on recovering these old wounds and Letting people know you got to be aware of your surroundings when your kids are going to schools and you have statues, icons. Just be proactive and let people know you're not standing for it. And following up on the Emmett Till um, memorial sign, they plan to make a bulletproof sign in a, a, for these situations that come up. Yeah, I heard about that as well. Um, it's just disgusting, um, but it also shows. It's a, I think it's a good example of how racism continues to be alive and well because they knew what they were doing, even if they didn't shoot at the sign. They knew what they were doing by posing by Emmett Till's memorial plaque with those guns. They knew what they were doing. Like even if. There's there's just no excuse. No other way you can explain why you were taking that kind of picture with the guns in front of it. There's no explanation but racism. And that's why I think it's important for us to continue to have conversations about race, involving race, especially in this, this day and age, this era of Trump. I think it's important to have these conversations um, because it's still alive and well. And it's and it's because we have youth who feel inspired and empowered to do these kind of things that it it still needs to be a conversation. You got people in college where I feel a lot of people become enlightened as they have more information and can decide things for themselves. There's stuff you learn at home that you just bring with you that, you know, and that's some of some of that stuff is hate. Some of that stuff is bigotry. The things you pick up from your parents, your grandparents, whoever it's that's how racism still lives today because we don't correct this kind of stuff. And we don't talk about it. And we're not honest about it. Now the fraternity suspended them. The school didn't. But the fraternity did. And it's just, that's what you talk about with systems. All of that. So yes, we will still be talking about race. Because racism is still happening. On to a little lot of news. DC's newest black woman owned Ice cream shop is all about the community. Sounds so good to me. It's been over a month since the D.C. native opened the first ice cream shop in Columbia Heights. Yay! Owned by a black woman. Her name is Karen Sellers. She's all smiles. And the response from the community to hear the scoop has been amazing, she says. It has been a positive seller uh, response. She's 48, tells HoofPost, people will come in and just express gratitude. That's why we are here. I really feel that a void has been filled, and it's been remarkable. Members of 
the neighborhood have made a point to support the fledging business. Students from the nearby Howard University neighborhood residents and others from the surrounding areas have already made multiple trips to grab a bite of the store's delicious treats. A tour bus just went by and she was talking about how when it takes people on tours. He actually brings them here to the store, says Evelyn Gaines, who has known sellers since she was high school student in Boldenburg, Maryland. Nice place. The shop offers a variety of ice cream and dessert items from milkshakes, sundaes, to pies and cupcakes. Yummy. Please stop by if you go there because that's representing my hometown. That was a great story. Yep, stop by the shop. In more news, El Paso shooting. Some victims too scared to seek medical help for fear of over-immigration status. And this comes from The Independent. This is an article from the UK. So, um, the world is definitely watching as we have seen other things go on around the world. So some victims of the El Paso Walmart mass shooting avoided seeking medical treatment because they were worried about their immigration status. It is feared. Three weeks ago, Immigration and Customs Enforcement officials carried out mass raids on the homes of migrants in a crackdown by Donald Trump on those in the country without documentation. It's clear there are people not unifying with their fa- with their family and that there are people who are worried or injured and that did not go to hospitals likely because of immigration status. And that's coming from Juliet Kayyem, formerly of the Homeland Security Department, told CNN, this is a concern. Authorities say they are investigating the massacre at the Texas border. Um, city supermarket as a race hate crime. Three Mexicans were among the 20 dead. Border Patrol officials have tried to assure people that no enforcement operations will be carried out at hospitals, the Family Reunification Center, or shelters. Kevin McAlien, acting secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, added El Paso is home to many DHS law enforcement agents officers who join them in the support of their families and communities at large. Many people said they were spect- skeptical of the Border Patrol's assurances, accusing officials of inhumanity. I keep thinking about the undocu folk in El Paso that didn't seek medical assistance due to their immigration status when posted. Fear of going to the hospital because you run the chance of being permanently separated from your family shouldn't have to be anyone's reality. Greg Allen, El Paso police chief, said authorities were now working to confirm whether a racist anti-immigrant manifesto posted online shortly before the shootings was written by the suspect. Patrick, the shooter is said to have driven more than 1,000 kilometers from his home, 10 miles, um, in Dallas to commit the atrocity. Um, Tens of thousands of Central American migrant families cross the border each month, many claiming asylum. The numbers have increased despite Trump's hardline immigration policies. Almost, no, thought I said hairline. But this is disgusting, um, this whole situation um, with immigration, hate, crimes, the mass shootings we have going on in the country. Um, 
a one trend amongst the shootings and the shooters of the last couple, the most recent um, shootings. Um, they were all white males and they used semi-automatic uh, weaponry, rifles, uh, that can do damage in within so much damage within seconds. Um, Mom, you talked about what it looks like in the ER. Yeah, it's real sad because it looks like a a meat market because when you see a body, you look how beautiful and intact it is. But when you see it come in after bullets and the irony of the body just being so broken up, cut up from one bullet and you cut the person's clothes off, you'd be just like, wow. And they're trying their best to keep this person alive, pumping blood in and it's profusely going out on the floor and my heart goes out to the doctors the nurses everyone who's trying to take care of this one person so they can live some people make it some people are dead on arrival but they see a pulse and they still try to keep them alive and this person comes in and just tears these people's lives apart something has to be done you know it's just it's just really terrible yeah um since trump has been president um we know the statistics, um, hate crimes have increased, um, exponentially and there are so many different steps. People like government officials or different people who are in charge of, uh, different things are taking, but we aren't talking about just getting rid of guns, especially the semi-auto, uh, semi-automatic rifles. We let that ban expire, um, but we haven't proposed a new one, and there's no support and just more gun reform. Um, that's the last thing we want. Um, and a lot of people have said um, when we were comfortable with Sandy Hook, basically children, those kind of guns being used on six-year-olds, when we were comfortable as a country with letting that happen and not taking any direct action in a unified front, um, that's when we were, like, it was, that was it. That was, that was our time to have gun reform after Sandy Hook. Um, but even just now today with all this hate going on, and then we have people who are told, you know, you're a male and you're white. You should have all this privilege. You should have all these things given to you, betrothed unto you, but you can't get it because, People are, you know, stealing jobs. People are migrating here. And they're taking your jobs. They're taking all the things you want. And that's not true. But what do we as a society have for these people who are disgruntled, who believe the world should be given to them and it's not? Um, And that's when we get angry shooters who have um, more often than not have been white males. And they they specify in their manifestos in a social media post. We've seen they've been where they've been um, emboldened to do so, and where their loyalties lie. Many of them um, are just hateful, racist, and there's a trend. So we know who are uh, the terrorists, the homegrown terrorists. That's what it is. It's an act of terrorism, essentially. Um, we can't go anywhere. You know, you saw the posts. Can't go to the movies. Can't go to the church. Can't go 
out to Walmart, 12 a.m. to get groceries. Some of the stories coming from the victims, like the woman um, who had just had a baby, had a six-month-old, she was shot in the head, and she FaceTimed her her um, her husband, and she said, I have to get my kids. She said, I love you, take care of the kids. She was shot in the head, and she had the wherewithal to FaceTime her husband just before she died. Um, and then people fe- just fearing to go to get help. You are, you've been shot and you're, you're fearful of going to seek medical help because you could be separated from your family. And all these other news stories about these kids, uh, what they recently did in Mississippi, um, a lot of the kids having to spend the night in the school because they parent the parents weren't able to come picking them up because they were detained by ICE. So, um, just heartbreaking. America. It's disgusting. America, home of the great, land of the free. For who? For who? And uh, talking about what steps we're taking. Um, in the aftermath of mass shootings, it says ESPN delays Apex Legends tournament broadcast after mass shootings. Um, yeah, that's what we're doing. Apex Legends uh, inter- Invitational Tournament highlights uh, will no longer be shown at ESPN2 as they have previously been scheduled according to email obtained by Rod Slasher Breslin. The network decided to delay the broadcast due to tra- tragic mass shootings that occurred last weekend. The scheduling change was confirmed by Polygon. Out of respect for the victims and all those impacted by recent shootings, ABC will no longer air EXP Invitational Apex Legends at X Games on Sunday. ESPN said in an email sent to affiliate networks in its place, ESPN will air an episode of E60 series about a tra- tragic crash, bus crash. ESPN's broadcast of the tournament is being rescheduled later on in October. It says, we must stop the glorification of violence in our society, Trump said during a press conference on Monday. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. It's too easy today for troubled youth to surround themselves with a culture that celebrates violence. We must stop or substantially reduce this. Uh, The Entertainment Software Association, the video game industry's largest Lobbying organization responded to the president's claims quickly. More than 165 million Americans enjoy video games. An ESA spokesperson said, and billions of people play video games worldwide, yet other societies where video games are played as vividly do not contend with the tragic levels of violence that occur in the U.S. Facts. Um, I grew up playing... GTA with my brothers. We played a lot of shooting games from Halo, Gears of War, Call of Duty. Um, these are games where you can use all kinds of guns. Some fantasy created, some are based off of actual guns that do exist. Um, yeah. I know plenty of kids, uh, friends, people who are not violent and play those games. Most of those games are about strategy. Um, sure, they're pretty gruesome kill scenes in Mortal Kombat. Uh, we have a lot of violent movies. Um, so we say and everybody who watches a violent movie is going to be more predisposed to be violent. That, that's BS. Video games 
video games. A video game is not going to prepare you necessarily for the the force you feel when you shoot a gun. Especially with semi-auto rifles. What? How to handle that gun? How to load it? You have to learn. You, you have to train for that. You have to intentionally train to use a gun. I don't care if you are training to use a gun to hunt, to kill somebody, or just to have it. Because, you know, Second Amendment, you want to bear arms, sure, the right to bear arms, whatever. But a video game is not going to prepare you to use a gun. There are additional steps you have to take to want to end someone's life. So I don't understand. I just do not understand that comparison. It's just the dumbest thing. That's the shy way to distract us from what we need to do, which is to continue to vote for people who will get us those gun reforms at your local levels and in 2020. Continue to vote. Make sure you are registered at your current address and you are staying as informed as you can when the time comes for you to vote in your state, for your state, for your city. And when 2020 comes, just be ready. You know, getting back to all this here gun violence, I remember when I was playing Atari, and you just had that little ping pong going back. But once you hit it, it made a little gun sound. Yes, I'm a parent. I bought these games for my kids. I watched the games. But we had more gory movies that came out. We had more songs that were written of talking about the matters of tearing up a body or suicides and stuff. But people didn't just always react to it. When you have somebody sitting, supposed to be the chief commander, smirking off and listening to other people laughing and giving their own personal comments or what would you do to a person, mm-hmm. that's what people reflect on. When you take so much, a moment of silence out, regardless of whatever your religion is, that sets the tone Oh, we can do this now? No. It's not it's it's just getting out of hand. It's just, you can't go nowhere, you feel unsafe. It makes everybody want to shoot everybody up. And it's not fair. It's not safe. It's, this is supposed to be a place where people can come for refuge. We can't help everybody's coming over here for refuge. Some people live here born. They don't want to work. So somebody else is gonna take up the job. Don't hate. Share love. I think you brought a good point about the video games that you bought for us. You did tell us when we played those games, what you play on this game is not what you take out to the street. That is not reality. Um, That's just not what you're going to do. You can play this game, but that's where it stays. And that's what it did. That's what we did. Boom, y'all. It's still summer. um, And... This is something I learned about a while ago, um, but I thought it should be shared again here. I don't know if I shared it on the show before, but um, how Watermelon's reputation got tangled in uh, racism. Um, Because, you know, you see a lot of pictures of a pickaninny or a a mammy-type figure eating watermelon, just happy, you know, the really black, um, and I mean black as in, like, the actual color black. Sambo. Sambo images of you know caricatures eating watermelon with you know the happy bright white smile and contrast in contrast 
It says the cover of the August 9th, 1937 issue of Life magazine is all about watermelons. On it, several watermelons are wedged into various spots in the back of a pickup truck packed along for a ride. A bald, middle-aged black man with broad shoulders sits on the back of that truck, shirtless and outfitted in warm pants held up with suspenders. His name is Roy E. Parrish Hailing from Adel, Georgia. As he sits on the back of the truck, he peers out into a sprawling acres of farmland on either side of the winding dirt road. It appears on the surface to be glorious, a tribute to his hard work and harvesting, but it shrouds a much darker and destructive racist stereotype that has persisted even to today. One linking African Americans to a cherished pastime, pastime of munching on watermelons during the warmer months. Warmer summer months. But how did it start? How did this green and white striped rind and its juicy red flesh become a racist, racist moniker? The images disseminated in the life story and others like it played a pivotal role in the turning point of a bigoted assumption into a lasting racist stereotype in the minds of white Southerners and Northerners, too. And so you see a series of pictures. It says all Southerners like watermelons. The article is just saying that Southerners like watermelons. So it has a picture of a black lady holding a baby, breastfeeding, eating watermelon, some white people at the beach eating watermelon. And then at the bottom, it has pigs at a farm eating watermelon. Dr. Syke Williams Forreston, Associated Professor and Chair of African American Studies at the University of Maryland, researches food shaming and policing. She found the stereotypical imagery involving food and black people began in the early 1900s. When I was researching fried chicken, I found as many images about watermelon, she said. In fact, one of my earliest images I have is an African-American man with a watermelon in each arm and a chicken on the ground, or a pullet, as they call it. He was allegedly making the decision about whether to put watermelons down and to pick up the pullet, or does he have to leave the pullet and take the watermelons? One of the first documented of these images appeared in Frank Leslie's Illustrated newspaper in 1869. The cartoon in black and white shows five little black boys sitting and standing in the doorway, hungrily devouring watermelon. One of these boys is so consumed with the watermelon, his face is obscured from the view. Another has his head leaning outward as he tips what looks like an empty watermelon rind toward his head to catch the lingering bit of juices. In the years and decades following it, newspapers, magazines perpetuated these images, printing them into photo spreads as standalone cartoons and in ad spaces. Beyond media, it started to appear on cookware, as salt and paper, pepper shakers, dish rags, and paperweights. And each of these depictions was the same, black people eating the seeded fruit with glee. You get this happy, darky concept of a person who just loves watermelon, William Forrest said. They're grown in the South, but people in the South and beyond eat them. The differences between when black people people are denigrated, vice versa, these foods. Then there becomes an, another, another association. Deborah, Deborah Freeman, the writer and managing ed, editor of Southern Grit Manor magazine, encountered... Some of these ads and photos through her mother and was struck with imaging and large implications for them. My mom collects black memorabilia and she's very much into watermelons for a period of time, she said. Just looking at the ads with little black children and the exaggerated mouths with the watermelon was absolutely stunning to see. It was all used all over and calculated decision to stop black people from empowering themselves. 
At its core, watermelon represented a pathway to economic freedom for formerly enslaved Africans. While enslaved, they were forced to farm watermelons, but once they were free, citizens' watermelons provided a way to reclaim their lives and make money. They grew and harvested them, becoming villagers and selling them on street corners. And of course, that growing business was seen as a threat to white residents in cities across the South during the Jim Crow era. Smithsonian points out that many Southern whites reacted to this self-sufficiency by turning the fruit into a symbol of poverty. Watermelon became the symbolized a feast for the unclean, lazy, and childlike. To shame black watermelon merchants, popular ads in Inferia included postcards including African-Americans stealing, fighting over, or sitting in the streets eating watermelon. Freeman points out how illogical and nonsensical these images were to her. Most of these images, for instance, show a massive watermelons cut lengthwise as if to exaggerate the features of African-Americans drawn in a style of all too familiar black sambo caricature but the those who eat watermelon often know that eating it in small triangles is typically the way it is done to eat it all the way to its drawn and pervasive images will be wasteful and incredibly messy cultural symbols are more than powerful than they seem it's why this imaging has been has endured decades after Jim Crow era of racism crumbled and built itself up into something new not new but different it's why when college cafeterias serve fried chicken and watermelon and someone as famous as Madonna posts a photo of her adopted daughters eating watermelon it could be damaging the life magazine cover is a prime example of how something can appear to be uplifting and affirming, complimentary and positive, but instead contributes to the dehumanization of an entire group of people. Only when digging into the history, learning about these symbols and unpacking them can they be can they lose their power. And there's another picture of two kids just eating watermelon. Being kids eating watermelon at the end. So I thought this was important to read the entire article because this history needs to be shared. Um, and we need to continue learning about it, especially during the summer. Um, I don't often like to eat watermelon, um, myself because I did a lot as a kid. Um, but I do enjoy eating watermelon, but I do notice that sometimes I cringe when I see, um, images of black people with watermelon or just, um, like little keychains of watermelons with, uh, black, bag or some like just the pairings of watermelon with certain things i'm always um watching how people pair watermelons with whatever they're doing um and so when i have seen um a beautiful black woman and her daughter with watermelon outfits on i was like that is beautiful and i don't know and i have to do that work in myself to separate what that dehumanizing uh symmetry they tried to create um because i was at black august um for the bonference and our da was there uh dr satana and she was expressing how crazy it was to come from her hometown which was a farming town for black people and she came uh here and noticed that it's rare to see a black person farming how even now in this day and age there are less black farmers um, and that's a source of income. That's a major part of our economy, um, economy, agriculture. Um, but how watermelon has been used to make us feel less than or feel lazy or feel like, you know, just that, you know, eating watermelon. So just to remind everybody that go out and enjoy your watermelon. 
go if you want to put on watermelon outfits do that but take that back um just a reminder to take it back enjoy a watermelon summer summertime it's refreshing it's healthy hydrates you our people still eat it in africa we eat it here continue to eat and enjoy your watermelon It's like they say, summertime. Summer, summer, summertime. I used to feel like that about watermelon. And if you go to different stores in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, you still can find these little statuettes. It's just a reminder to let you know. They always try to steal our joy. And knew that we could take anything and make a living off of it. They're trying to make it a negative. And we got to stay strong even now. 2019. If you got a gift to be an entrepreneur, do it. Don't let nobody take it away from you. Eat your watermelon. Get a watermelon daiquiri. I even enjoyed, for my first time, watermelon on a salad. It was delicious. It was all right. I just, I'll take my watermelon <laughs> plain. Thank you. How are you going to eat it? Yes. And I, I eat it. Eat it. You know. Smile and eat it, enjoy it, but it's just the way of the world. And just like we used to make pickle rinds, it would be real sweet. They would take the rinds and soak it, or they would make pickled watermelon. And some people even now put um, dyes in it or cinnamon, and still eat it. You can you can find it in the store. Even Walmart sells it, believe it or not. So enjoy your fruit. There's so much creativity with watermelon. Know your history and why those things make us feel the way they do. When you are going about your day and you notice something makes you feel off, look into it. Because I'm sure there's a story behind it. Love the show? Leave us a like, five-star reviews, whatever you can do to show love on the app you listen to us. Remember, we're on 11 different platforms. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Rocketcast, all over. Just search Talking Brown Sugar. Other ways you can interact with the show, you could actually be a guest. You can email us, slide into our DMs. You could also send us some information about a movement you're starting, your business, anything you would like for us to promote if it is in line with what we support. That's all things black people, people of color, women, unity, equal rights, equality. We can support it. We can get behind it because there's room for everyone to eat. Where you can find us online, Facebook and Instagram. Talking Brown Sugar. At Twitter. At Talking Brown Sug. Talking Brown S-U-G. Email us. TalkingBrown.Sugar at gmail.com. Check us out. Hit us up. We're pretty responsive. Thank you all to everybody who's contacted us um, just to show some love, telling us that you're listening. We love that. Let other people know that you listen to your uncle, auntie, cousins, baby and them. Tell everybody. We love y'all. On to more show. Wellness check. It's time for you to turn off. The news, your smartphones, your social media. Tune into yourself. You know, look at yourself as your own business. 
If you don't take care of your mental, your physical, and your spiritual, you take a 15-minute break from everything. Find a cool place. Meditate. Go outside. Go for a walk without your smartphone. Now, you can set a, a timer, but sometimes you got to meditate, walk, put a candle on, go for a... Discover your backyard. Not just go out there and cut the grass and plant some flowers. Just get to yourself. You can go in the bathroom sometimes. Take your nice shower without your radio. Just tune in. Listen to your heartbeat. Look at yourself. Just say, hey, this is a good day. It is time for the main discussion. Today we'll be talking about friendships. How many of us have them? Friends. Someone that we can depend on. Friends. Yes. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Say you're my best friend. I want you about all the time. Oh, you be my best friend. You promise you'll be mine. Yeah. All right, Mom. What is the earliest friendship or friendship? Wow, what am I saying? Or best friend you can recall? For me, knowing my first real best friend, I had two. One was by um, Charlotte. I can't remember her last name, but she was Italian. And the other one was Vanessa Ugly. And that was her real last name. Ugly? Yes. U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. She ugly. And she was from South Carolina. She wasn't ugly. She no, she wasn't ugly. That, that was her, her last name. <laughs> and those two girls, we was in Brooklyn. That was my best friend. We was ride or die. If one didn't have, the other one had. And Charlotte's dad had a store. We used to go to the store, and he would just give us all kinds of stuff. And she never asked us for no money. Or she would come to my house, and if my mom was cooking, she would just sit down, and my mom would say, get your plate. Then my other friend, Vanessa, we would go over the house. She didn't have too much, but it was always a good time. You felt safe. You felt loved. And it made you feel part of the family. And you just don't see that. Just like they had a movie out, and they had those guys, what was called Tag, and it was friends from college, and they would go different places and play Tag. That's the kind of friendship I'm looking for. Okay. So you see, you got to have two friends right now. Well, I do have one good friend. Her name is Terry. Hey, Terry. Hey, Miss Terry. And uh, we've been friends from work. Since how long? Oh, wow. Since, well, for me, 33 years with her, maybe a little longer. But we got to be friends by job association. Okay. And she was real lawful. Now, for you, Boo, what is the earliest for your friendship or best friend that you can recall? Pre-K. Um, it was Kamisha Hightower. Dang, and... I do not remember the other girl, but I do remember Kamisha Hightower. Hey, girl, wherever you at, love you. She was my best, bestest friend. 
I had a lot of best friends when I was a little kid. A lot of, but like close best friends. But I remember in pre-K, man, we, you talking about ride or die? <laughs> man, we, we didn't go as far as matching outfits, but every day the teachers would have to separate us because whenever there was an activity, we had to do it at the same time together. Not the same way, but just together. Field trips, boom, we together. And we, none of us lived near each other at all, so play dates weren't a thing. But in class, in school, field trips, we had each other's back, always cracking jokes. That was a pre-K, y'all. I remember that. And then my other friend, what was his name, Miles, with oh, the glasses. Yeah, Miles. Do you Miles? He's so cute. Uh, yeah, we were best friends. That was kindergarten. I don't even think we were in the same school. I don't remember how we connected. I think. Was that daycare? It was daycare, but you and his mom were friends. Friends, yeah. And so we were kind of friends by association. And I remember we used to go hang out at Northgate. We used to go to the museum. And I remember um, we had, you know, just grew apart because uh, they moved away. And we saw them again one time. I think I was like 15 or something. Mm-hmm. And this man had orange and green hair. And I said, <laughs> who is this? Still had We both both still had glasses. Which was the funniest thing, because I didn't have glass, glasses as a kid, but we, um, at that time, both had glasses. That was funny. But yeah, those were great times. Great, great peoples. What are some of the deal breakers in friendships? Deal breakers, man, if you just a trash person, um, unnecessarily trash, like you just generally are not a good person, we can't be friends. Um, and if you're intolerable of so much thing, so much, like I like people who can be in the streets and books and a different setting. If we want to switch it up, go to a different event. Like you got to be able to, you know, bounce around, mix and mingle, switch it up, do something different. Even if it's you, the same person, you bring the same person to those different events. You could be that same person, and you confident in that. But I just don't want to be doing the same thing all the time. And I know we have different friends for different things, mm-hmm. for different parts of our lives, you know? But for a deal breaker, if you just inflexible, you just, I don't even know, you're not flexible. Um, you're just not a good person. Uh, you talk trash about other friends or something because I know then boom when I'm not around you're probably doing the same thing or you just you know just messy just messy I don't need that in my life I don't want no drama I want zero problems big fella what are some deal breakers in friendship for you well as I've gotten older looking from elementary junior high school high school, college life, and adulthood. I do not like a liar. A liar is like a thief. Boy, I remember hearing you say that growing up all the time. Because sometimes you have those friends who will lie on another friend, and you'd be like, this person had your back. I mean, this person was there for you. And you would see every time they come around, there's always some chaos. That's the deal breaker. I just... If I know they're going to be somewhere, I'd rather, I don't even want to be around because it would be stagnant in the air. Now, my facial expressions is like my words. I'd be like, hello? Okay, y'all, I'm out. I, I don't want to be around it. I really don't. Just liars. I, 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 I don't have time. 
that's that's the main that's it that's my main you know deal breaker deal breaker mm-hmm that's one of them the other one is when you make your girls cold and you find out that girl dating your ex-boyfriend that's a deal breaker <laughs> <laughs> that's messy that is that is mm-hmm. that could be um what have you learned from either traveling with friends or living with friends what's something or some things some gems you picked up or something you know experiences one is one of life's great teachers wow traveling with friends you know how you went to your friend's house or apartment wherever they might be living if you're not on your own with your parents whatever but when you travel with them, maybe spend like a week somewhere with them, you find out some stuff. You be like, okay, I don't even want you coming to my house to use my bathroom. Because <laughs> there be some stuff you be like, did you really do that? And you're looking at this person, how they lived, and you see them doing great things. And you say, okay, you just had a bad night that time when we traveled out. You're going to travel again. They do the same thing. Or, like, spending the night with someone. Spending the night. Spending the night. Like, having a girl's night and having fun. And you realize they open up their refrigerator. And you be like, I know this ain't in the refrigerator. Or you go in their bathroom and they ask, can you go buy us some toilet tissue? You be like, what? You invite me to come to spend the night with you. But if you come to spend the night with me, I'm, you know, everything is good. Nah. And, you know, you don't try to be judgmental. But sometimes you let these things slide at the time. After time, then you find like, no, nah, we can't travel together no more. I'm not coming over your house to spend the night no more. You be like, you use my deodorant and I come to visit you. Where's my deodorant at? You know, you be like, wow. It sounds petty, but when you think this person has to up and up, then you see how they really living when they're on their own. It's a difference. It's, it's really a difference. The attitudes change or they might get cocky or they might speak up a different way. Then I'm like... No, that's not. I'm not about that life. And I, and I like crazy friends. I like a mixture of friends. But sometimes you got to know when to let them in your world or just leave them a bay outside the door. And for you, baby, what have you learned from traveling with friends or living with friends? A couple of things. Um, traveling with friends, I know if we. If we are on good terms and we're traveling, we're good. I've been blessed, and I've only traveled with friends and people who were on the same page about what's going to go down, where we're going to go. Even if we didn't have a plan, it was just like, we're going to get it popping. We're going to go here. We're going to go there. We're going to have fun. At the end of the day, we're going to have fun. We're going to be safe. Nobody get left behind. If we go clubbing, nobody's going to act up. Or drink beyond their limit, you know. Nobody going home crazy. Um, everybody was pretty clean. Travel, you know. You know, because, you know, you travel with a bunch of people. Y'all get one room sometimes. You had that one bathroom, eight people. You know, it's a party. Boom. Living with friends. Yeah. I learned that living with people, if you live with somebody, your friends, like, you can learn how they were raised and then how they took what or how they were raised to then 
inform how they want to live. Um, and that's that's saying a lot. But also, I learned that I picked up from you that whole neat freak, clean, <laughs> eight, clean all the time situation. Because I feel like living with friends made me want to clean more. Just because, you know, being thoughtful, you're thinking, hey, I don't want, you know, people to see just dirt in general. I knew I like living in clean spaces. And, you know, you assume other people are living in clean spaces. But that's not the case for everybody. I learned that some people are just just nasty. Just, just And that's just, that's just how they are. And it's like, we just can't live together. And that's fine. Love you. See you later when we go out. But you can come by, but you can't stay. Okay. Um. And just you know, you see, living with friends, you see, you get to see people n- naked in their truth, in their emotions, how they're feeling day to day. And you, and you you forget sometimes your friends are people too. <laughs> you forget, yeah, you forget. We we all people, we human too. We break down, we have ups and downs. This and the third, we go through, we go, whatever. But that's what I learned. Okay. To what extent have your friendships grown? You know, with loyalty. Man, I met some great people in college, at work. Shout out to Leah, Raven, Raquel, Ashley, all of my peoples from school um, that I've grown close with, um, Diane, some coworkers, hey TV, Joy, all my friends, um, people I've met at work, different places I worked. Um, I feel like my adult relationships, I don't go out of my way to make friends. But, you know, I let, I, whatever happens, I like when it happens organically. I feel those have been the best relationships and those have been the most um, where we I've grown or they have been able to flourish to, I think, the full extent of what an ideal uh, friendship would be for me, which is that I don't care where you are in life. I got your back. You got my back. That could be in a social situation. It could be financial type situation. It could be, hey, I'm going through this thing with this other person. I could be there to help, you know, li- where it's just to listen. Or it's, hey, I actually need advice. Or, hey, let me connect you to this person. I can trust them. Like with business stuff, info, it's like, here's this gym. Or, hey, um, I need so-and-so to happen. Who can I talk to? And they know somebody or I know somebody. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. hey judgment free but at the same time if you looking like you leaning hey sis check yourself like you like you going through what's going on this ain't you i have those friends and those are the best um with some of those people i mentioned um but also that kind of friendship too where it's like i don't care how how long we haven't talked how far we've been i do have some some riders who they know hey we good love you just as much um and it's like no matter what we've been through we've been able to go through a rough patch come back and still kick it like nothing happened because i think um you should be able to have those fallouts they should be able to tell you 
you aren't being true to yourself or you aren't doing right for yourself or you could be doing better. Or, hey, let's go work out together. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. My friendships are and have become like second family members. Definitely will call some people my sisters, my bros. Hey, Joseph. Hey, Joseph. Uh-huh. Best friends, best friends, good friends. I can actually say I have, like, multiple best friends, good people in my life. So, yeah. Loyal to me, loyal to them. Boom. Good stuff. What about you, Mom? To what extent have your friendships grown? What have you been through? What have y'all been going through? Yeah, I have a couple of little friends, and I try to keep my friendships close. Because, you know, sometimes you can extend yourself so much, and you don't get it back. And sometimes you don't look for it back. But when you're talking to, you think these people have your better interests, and they don't because they see you flourishing and doing good. But that don't mean it has to be a financial help. It could be, I just need to listen to me. You know, check on me sometimes. You know, just because I seem strong and everybody's flag get a little torn up, help me mend back. Just listen to me sometime. Mm-hmm. But I do have some loyal friends, some funny friends, and, you know, people that have, who've been there for me. And I've been through some rough things in my life, and people came out of the woodworks that I had forgotten, but they didn't forget my kids. And that is Valerie Person. You know, she's a wonderful girl. I love her, you know. She's a funny person, smart lady. And my hey, kudos to her. Yep. And we got this good one. My kids are my friends. Oh, you are friends sometimes too. Yep. Because, you know, friendships is like on that leaf on that tree they talk about. Mm-hmm. First it's green, then it turns colors, and it's beautiful, then it crumbles up. And you have it as a memory. And some people just don't know how to be friends. You know, you can be a friends with a person for 20 years, and out in the blue, you just don't even hear from them. Or when you contact them, they attack you like you did something to them. The did. phone worked both ways. Because they didn't communicate to you what was going on with them. Yeah, or they had something going on and you find out from somebody else. Oh, did you know that? Well, y'all were friends. I said, I didn't know anything about it. But you know what? I take us what two teardrops in the bucket and y'all know the rest, right? But I have some loyal friends. And we have to be good to ourselves, good to our friends. Because sometimes they're better than family. Yeah, they said, um, I love that quote. It says... um, Blood may be thicker than water, but your friends are the family you choose. Um, and I don't believe that you have to love the family you were born into. I don't feel it, no. especially if they're treating you wrong, abusing you whatever, to whatever extent. Um, get you some good friends, some yeah. healthy some healthy relationships. Set bound, You can set boundaries. It goes for any relationship. It doesn't have to be romantic. But they, no. friendships can be intimate and not intimate in... Because intimacy does not equate to sex. Intimacy could be, I can give you a hug, say, hey, I miss you. Hey, I love you. I love you, girl. I love you. I love you, boy. I love you. Hey. You know, 
little things like that. I missed you today. How you doing? You, you know, miss yeah, you know, little stuff like that. But just take care of yourself. Take care of your friends, your friendships. Call them up. You ain't talked to somebody in a while. Hey, girl, how you doing? Let's go out for lunch, brunch, a walk and talk. Yeah. Paint design, you know, how we do. But, yeah. So, the age-old question people go back and forth with somebody uh, in passing, a listener in passing suggested um we talk about it a little bit. The question, can men and women be friends? Ooh. What you think about it? I got to throw my weave on that one. Let me throw my weave. Ooh. For me, I can be friends with a guy if they know their boundaries and if we were together intimately or not and the relationship is over, we good. I'm just talking about Wolf is just a person you ain't, you ain't moved off. Right, that's what I'm saying. But sometimes they they don't read the signals. I'd be like, okay, we good, we friends. And they were like, well, I've been your friend so long. I thought, I don't read subliminal messages. Tell me what you want. But I think we can be male and female friends. We can be, because sometimes you need that. You need a, another point of view, another attitude on their level or just hear it from a different way because sometimes people disagree with you okay you be like that's not the answer i wanted be real be who you are and sometimes you just want a male friend not to be no cause this is his boyfriend or wanted to turn into anything and for yourself can men and women be friends yeah i think um for sure for sure um i think People can be friends. Um, I think as a real binary way of thinking about it, because you know, well, if they're not male or female, or if they ascribe to something else, um, but I think for sure people think too much about, you know, oh. There's a possibility that this could be something more. Just be honest about what you want out of a relationship, especially when it comes to your friendships. If y'all going to be the type of friends that go hiking every day and that's the only time I see husband, we're going hiking, okay? Or, you know, just, we do everything together because that's my friend. Mm-hmm. I invite her to all of them. Like, I think it's good to be honest because about what you want in a friendship in the beginning if it's new or as it evolves you have different responsibilities you might get a boyfriend a girlfriend you get married you have kids or you start school or you start a new job you want to move you just want to like or you're just trying some new something for yourself i think it's good to communicate with any healthy relationship which a friendship is like any relationship you need to have communication about what it is you want out of that relationship because at the end of the day if you and your your friend, y'all don't know what you want out of um, your interactions with each other. Then you can have, you know, you open room for opportunity for miscommunications, assumption if you aren't communicating where things don't meet up or add up. So just be honest and upfront about what you want. And if those things change, your boundaries change as you grow and evolve, communicate that. And your friend can decide to still be your friend or not be your friend. You have to be able to be willing and open to receiving that on both ends. Um, 
so that relationship can grow and flourish. But I do think, yeah, men and women can be friends. You just got to be honest about what you want up front and make decisions based off of that. Come to a mutual understanding. That's what a friendship is. Like any other relationship, it's a mutual understanding that we are going to do X, Y, Z. And we don't do X, Y, Z. And we have fun doing this, doing that. We get each other. That's my people. See my people's, you know. So, yeah. I say yes. You say yes. It's a yes. Yeah, don't get your emotions. You know, some people see a person out and they say, Oh, you hanging with that person? Who was that? And you be looking at them like my other friend. Like we not dating in your mind. You know you like why are you so angry? But even as I was saying, you need to communicate. Yeah. I got friend. I got this group of friends on Wednesdays. I got this group of friends on Tuesdays. You a Friday friend, which means I will see you on Friday. But that's okay. That's you, okay. And sometimes those Friday friends get messy because they want to hang too. And 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 we can we can try to facilitate that, but if you don't mesh, you just don't mesh. You no. gotta accept that. Play your part. Or, Play your part. Or maybe I don't want you with my other friends because you're not gonna fit in. I'm trying to look out for your better judgment because some people just don't fit in. We just you just hey, my my Thursday friends are my Thursday friends, and that's where I keep them. Yeah, that's a closed club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, some souls just don't no just don't mix. But you say yes. I say yes. I say yes. We want to hear your comments, people. Yep. Chime in online. If there's a topic you want us to discuss, hit us up. Let us know, as everybody else does. Um, You can leave comments under the show that you're listening to. You can leave us an email. You can leave us a message on social media. But I'm Raja the daughter. I'm Angela the mom. We out!